I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, people? Thank you so much for checking out this episode of You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. This year, we decided to do a Countdown to Christmas series of episodes this month, where we're going to be re-releasing some of our favorite holiday episodes from past years, leading up to this year's holiday special. Today's episode is the first of two holiday episodes that we did in 2019, so please enjoy it, and I want to wish you all happy holidays from the YNL podcast team. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. What's up, holly jolly non-listeners? Just want to say happy holidays from all of us here at You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. This is the first of our two-part holiday special for 2019. I don't want to waste your time in the beginning because we talk a lot in this episode, but this week we're talking about Christmas carols, and next week we're talking about Christmas songs, and we're going to teach you the difference. So if you didn't realize that they were two different things, we're going to learn you something today. My dad is talking about Little Drummer Boy by Bing Crosby and David Bowie, and I'm talking about Mary's Boy Child slash Oh My Lord by Boney M. So if you don't know these songs, then... Well, if you don't know the first one, then you've probably been living under a rock. But if you think that these are just run-of-the-mill Christmas tunes that you hear on the radio every once in a while between Mariah Carey and Trans-Siberian Orchestra, then you're not listening. So clean out your ears and listen up. Let's do this. Get on the floor!
So I do have a joke this time. Okay. <laughs> Which state has the most singers on Christmas Eve? Uh, I don't even know. North Carolina. <laughs> <sighs> You're bad. You love it. No, I no no I don't. No. Oh, it's good stuff. No, I don't. That's it's hilarious. good stuff. So we're in the middle of the holiday the season. Throws of yep. yeah, we're we're deep in it. We're we're swimming in the the holiday season. So we yeah, I know we were originally gonna do kind of holiday themed episodes throughout the entire month of December, but we went on vacation and skipped a couple weeks because <laughs> time was crazy uh, around Thanksgiving. So we're back. Thanks for being patient with us. And I know that people are hearing a lot of Christmas music on the radio and in shopping malls and everywhere that they go. And it's probably the same 10 to 15 songs that they right. hear over and over again. Let's so Johnny Mathis again. Yep. Yeah. So we wanted to talk about a couple of songs that you don't really hear on the radio as much. Sometimes you hear them, at least mine you do hear sometimes, but not as often. And then we also have a top five for each of us songs that maybe people don't know or should listen to because they're awesome and you don't hear them over and over again on, on the radio. But because we're a couple weeks out from Christmas, we're going to end up being able to do two episodes before Christmas. So I figured we would separate these out between Christmas Christmas songs and Christmas carols. And I think that some of our listeners might mm -hmm. not know the difference between Christmas songs and Christmas carols, or that there right. even is one. I learned the difference between Christmas songs and Christmas carols. I think when I was in high school, we were at Aunt Betty's Christmas party one year, and it was a trivia question. She did a trivia game, and it was, what's the difference between a Christmas song and a Christmas carol? And we didn't oh. know. And I okay. think we probably cheated to find out. Well, but, that's what phones are for. So. Yeah. And well, we couldn't really look things up on phones back then so i don't know we had our flip phones <laughs> but you had to pay like a thousand bucks a month to be able to go on the internet on those things that's right the interwebs yeah, yeah. so i have a little definition okay that I, I literally did a google search difference between christmas carols and christmas songs and this is the very first and, thing on the list <laughs> and if you really were forced to think about it it's probably something that is going to be pretty clear but I think people don't kind of separate the two, especially this time of year. They they somewhat all get mixed in, but well, I think it's a really easy distinction. Yes. So I'll just I'll just read this this quick little blurb about it. it. Says that time of year when Christmas music can be heard everywhere. Did you know that what you normally hear in the retail stores and on the radio is not a Christmas carol? Most people think that Christmas songs are all the same. Christmas carols are actually religious in nature while Christmas songs are secular. So many of the traditional Christmas carols are overshadowed by trendy Christmas songs, and the most right. popular songs are sung by pop artists. Right. So the Beyonce and Mariah Carey versions of Christmas songs are very popular for the kids, he said. So it sounds like he's a little curmudgeon -y. But regardless, <laughs> you know, it says Christmas carols can still be heard in church and in some schools. So songs like... Silent Night, Oh Holy Night, and any I guess any song that has the word night in the title. Um, <laughs> God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. You know, all the songs that are like in the hymnal or are directly about right. the religious aspects of the holiday Breath itself. Of Jesus and those are yeah, religious those are, side of Christmas. Yeah, those are Chris, considered Christmas carols. And I know like right. carolers usually sing songs like Jingle Bells and Frosty the Snowman. And right. if you're caroling, yes, you will probably sing those songs, but those are technically not Christmas carols. Those are Christmas songs. And I think, and I don't know, maybe part of it is, is licensing and everything, but I think those are the ones that you can play, you know, a million times and not have to worry about, but everybody knows them and all, but they do have a religious nature to them. But then also, after World War II, there seemed to be this big push towards Christmas music, 
which was getting away from just the, the Christmas carols. So that's when they started doing these feel-good movies. You know, that was the White Christmas and Holiday Inn and all these, and these songs started cropping, you know, cropping up. And then the 50s and 60s, they just started pumping up music. And then every pop artist did every song, as they, as they do now. You know, they'll just bring, bring something out of, you know, some library somewhere and everybody's got a, got a, a Christmas album and everybody has done the same songs for years and years and years. And every so often somebody has something new right. or different versions of it and it kind of becomes popular. But up until World War II, it was only Christmas carols. And then after that, it was like, let there's there's a new genre of music. Let's see if we can make a killing on this stuff. And that's when the Chipmunks and Beach Boys oh, and all that yeah. kind, of, you know, all that <laughs> stuff from the from the late '40s and '50s and Elvis and and all that all started to kind of come into vogue too. And then you know everybody jumped on it. So a million more songs, whether it was Andy Williams or you know all those guys from the '50s and '60s, they all did those things post-war. This whole feel good, you know, you know, Horatio Alger thing, and everybody was feeling good about it coming back and, and moving to the suburbs and let's sing Christmas songs, blah, blah blah. And that didn't happen prior to that. So why did it, why did we end up with like twenty songs that are the only ones that you hear over and over and over again? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's probably a conversation for next week. Yeah, but you um, know, it seems like you know, I mean, unless you listen to serious radio where they go deeper into some of the the different catalogs and all, right. but it seems like if you go on traditional FM music that you hear from from Christmas from the day after Halloween on, it'll be like 12 songs. Yeah. And it's annoying, you know? And yeah. if I hear... Because like, yeah, I mean, they're good songs, but you don't need to hear them 80 times a day. I don't need to hear day. Step Into Christmas, Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Right. Um, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, Last Christmas, Johnny Mathis, anything, <laughs> over and over and over and again. I mean, yeah, they're Mariah good songs. Carey. Yeah, they're over. They're good songs, but man, there's so many other good songs out there that people just don't even have a chance to listen to. The cool thing about doing the DJ thing and doing Christmas parties is, especially if you're doing like a, a dinner mix, something like this, you can always find like so many cool different songs. And I would always try to make sure I could play those because it was boring to me to play the same old, same old, same old. All well, the time. when you're doing a party and you're playing music for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours, whatever it is. You can't play the same 10 songs over and over and again. And you can't so you need do Christmas songs, anyway. believe it or not. If you did um, Christmas or, or, you know, then it turned into the politically correct, you know, holiday parties or whatever they would call them. Um, people like the, people didn't want to hear a lot of that. They wanted to come on out and have a have a good time, be with, with their friends or family or their coworkers right. and have a party. But, you know, once in a while you could sprinkle in a Christmas song, but you couldn't do like two hours of Christmas songs. People would like revolt. One or two songs maybe, and that's it. You yeah, know, so. interesting. So tonight we're doing carols carols which are religious in nature and right. so i know that we probably have some listeners that are not christian maybe you know they they don't celebrate christmas or if they do celebrate christmas they might not be necessarily religious and they just celebrate it for the the celebration and the holiday but you know we we, we are a christian family and we go to church christmas eve and all that and so i think and it's only fair that we can look at some of these songs and these songs are certainly familiar even if you're not super super you know religious and super christian right. well mine is everyone not everyone knows them mine is yours interesting is um yours is not mine is interesting because it's not it's religious it is a religious song and the theming is all about the birth of jesus but it is not um like a song that you'd find in the hymnal like it's not going to be sung at church they're not going to say go to page whatever and you're not going to find this song Unless because it was a very cool church Right, Very cool church. Right. I have heard. I have heard that in church. Believe it or not. So, do you want to do your song first? Or you want to do mine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, again, go, with the religious theme, and it was a little more difficult for me because I was trying to make sure that I, I found something that was going to be appropriate, and I picked the little drummer boy, mm -hmm. which everybody but knows. Which which uh, rendition? That's just it. 
So I did a little research on it, and literally, and, and, and bear with me here, everyone and his brother and his uncle's brother and everyone in between has done this song. Right. So for instance, Ray Conniff, of Bing Crosby, Johnny Cash, Johnny Mathis, Moe, um, The Supremes, I mean, you name it, and Joan Baez, Bob Dylan. Bob Seger. Bob Dylan has done it. You know, Bob Seger, obviously Jackson 5, The Brady Bunch, The Temptations, who actually do a really killer version of that. There are parodies of it. Neil Diamond obviously has done everything. Uh, RuPaul has done a version of it. Glenn Campbell, Bright Eyes. I mean, it's amazing how many people have done this. And I don't know if it's just because of the licensing or whatever, but it, or it's an easy one, but it, it seems like most people play it straight up. And I think the the, the, the version that, that hit, and I want to say it was... Actually, I have the, the date of that. I want to say it was in the 70s, I think, is when um, Bing Crosby and, um, and David Bowie did it. And that is heard a little more uh, regularly on contemporary radio, and, and you hear it, but uh, it's got a little different spin on it because they sing actually two different songs. Like Bing Crosby is actually doing the Little Drummer Boy, and David Bowie is doing Peace on Earth, Can It Be? So it, it's a little different spin on that. But, you know, at the point, he was like trying to become more of a normal kind of top 40 guy and having a little more mainstream kind of image. Who was, Bing uh, Crosby? Uh, no, David Bowie. Because gotcha. he was considered like out there really punky and all at that point. But Bing Crosby, and, and, and again, you don't know this as much per se, but um, back in the day when I was younger, all of these main artists had these these um, Christmas specials and you look forward to them. So like the Andy Williams Christmas special, the Bing Crosby Christmas special, blah, blah, blah. and it was a variety show. And they, you know, they had all different artists and everything else and they played Christmas music. Well, this was this was one of Bing Crosby's. You know, he did it every year, and to have somebody like as different as David Bowie was was kind of you know was kind of groundbreaking. Well, it was also his last one because Bing Crosby died like a month later from that. Oh wow! So it was literally his last his last TV performance and all. But he still had the voice because he had such a, a, a clear you know kind of you know translucent voice. He was so good, and then with with Bowie on top of it, it's just such a really nice version. So it's one of those that I think most people know it as the Bowie and, and Bing Christmas song, but it's really the the little drummer boy, you know. Right. Um, uh, so it's kind of a cool version. Um, I was going to pick Bob Seger. That was a little too predictable, maybe, when he did uh, it on a, um, an album for Special Olympics and all uh, back in the 80s stuff. But uh, I think this version is actually a little better. So that's the one I picked. All right. Well, let's go listen to it. So go okay. to the playlist on Spotify or click the link in the show notes and give it a listen and then come back and we'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> It's funny that people think of this as the Bing Crosby song because because it's so Bowie. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's really like a, a showcase of of his of David Bowie's voice. Yes, which by the way it, sounds beautiful in this song. Yes, um, I think it's interesting that uh, somebody of of Bing uh, Crosby's stature takes a step back. And allows it to, to be that way, too. Because, I mean, this is his special. He has this guest come in, but it was definitely David Bowie's song, without, without question. Yeah, he yeah. owned that. But, yep. oh, man, Bing Crosby looked like a walking corpse, man. Well, and he <laughs> yeah. was, you know, and, and knowing that he died one month after that, like literally, I think a month and a couple of days to the to the day. Because, uh, you know, he was, I don't know if he was ill or, you know, I don't know what he died of. And but when you're watching the video, it makes it look a little, makes it look a little different. I like when you watch the video that it really seems that uh, Bowie kind of looks in, in, in true reverence of, I mean, he. Well, he was, right, I mean, it's David right Bowie. Him. Dave, yeah. David Bowie is not a subtle man. No. And he's not a, a reserved man, but he 
was very, very kind of quiet. He was dressed formally with his hair, yep. you know, his hair wasn't yep. crazy. He was yep. super conservative. So like he was not himself. <laughs> yeah. But just, the, he, well, he wasn't kinda, what you would expect. Right. To, for, but for him to, you could just see the way he looked at him and he just had a, a sense of like, you know, I know that I'm doing something with a, with a great, you know, somebody who's great in uh, musical history. So right. I just think so, it's a really interesting thing. So and the, then at the end when he says, it's a pretty little thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, Ooh, you know, you know that was was not scripted. That was just you know off the off the top. That was cool. That skit is what they parodied. Uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley did a full parody of that whole skit, which is and how was it? It's it's hilarious, and they actually they sounded decent. <laughs> yeah, but is it one of those that they shouldn't have because that was such a good? I don't know. I, no, I think it, I think it had been long that, enough that they could do it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't untouchable. Okay, yeah, I have to look no. at that. Actually, I'm looking at it on the. Um, on the side from my YouTube uh, feed, and I see that's one of the things that's yeah. going to pop. So I have to look at it when we're done here. Yeah, so. You have to watch it; it's pretty funny. It's pretty yeah, good. I mean, they yeah. did a good job with it, but it's clear that, yeah. like, you know, they were just. One of the things I like too is, uh, you know, when they came together at the chorus, you know, every child must be, you know, made aware and all that. Like, they, their voices are both very powerful. That's when Bing does step a little more into the spotlight. Yeah, but man, it just it, and I think it, if I remember correctly. I think it was one take. I think it was one like they. Well, they, if it's uh, a live, if it's a live special, then yeah. Right, but I think it was a like a like rehearsed it for a little while and just like boom, do it, and you know whether it was live or you know I mean all those live things, whatever. I don't know if they would have made some other cuts and they could do it stuff you know other ways, but right. Um, it was just it was as raw as as it looks when you're watching it, you know. So yeah, well, cool. and when they harmonize, it's interesting because David Bowie's voice sounds high through most of it, but when they harmonize, it sounds like he gets really low, like it, yep. Both of them come down low. Yep. So it's, yep. it's interesting. It's like they. It's yeah. like all of a sudden David Bowie's voice sounds a lot like Bing Crosby. Yeah. Well, and you know, you would think it's you know if you had if you didn't know the song, and you say well what would the title be you know it'd be like Peace on Earth or something like that because the the drummer boy aspect of it that Bing Crosby's singing is so in the background that's mm-hmm. almost like you don't even notice it because you notice it was so strong with with uh with Bowie which is why I think it was such a good balance that way. The little drummer boy is basically the rhythm section for that song. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And yeah. cuz there's no drums, so he's right. literally singing the drum yeah. part. So versus, you know, the the Siga version which is maybe one of the newer contemporary ones that people kind of recognize and you might hear a little more on some some of the radio spots and stuff. Um was a straight up version. And it was like, you know, Bob, do something different, you know, come on, you know, but it was, it was pretty straight. And this, this is just a whole different spin on things. But this, this song, well, this Carol, (laughs) Carol, um, right. I actually really like the, the melody of this one. I think a lot of these carols, because they're such old songs, you know, they Mm -hmm. were, they weren't written, they were composed. And, and so the basic melody of a lot of these carols are very, really just nice and pleasant to listen to. And they usually tell really good stories with the lyrics yep. and stuff. I mean, I know it's the story of Christmas, and it's if you're not Christian and you don't celebrate Christmas, it might not mean much to you. But regardless, the stories and the messages and lessons in these songs are usually really, really good. And I really like the story of the little drummer boy, and I really like the melody as well, which kind of stinks in this version because you lose that because you're focused on you, David you Bowie, whose voice is beautiful, but his the melody of his part is kind of boring it's kind of repetitive and not it is it's, right. it's not right. uh that interesting i think it's supposed to be more complimentary but it ends up being right up front and not complimentary that's really what it sounds like easy. yeah it sounds like it's a it's it's the background part that was brought to the front you know the original one that you hear on the um i think on the radio if, if you go and you hear this is a harry Simeone 
choral uh, choir or something like that, which is a very traditional thing, and, and that's the one everybody knows, but this was a nice spin on things. And then fun fact, I want to say back at good old Stephen Barker School when I was in first grade, I think, or second grade, I remember we did this, so I don't know if it was the entire class did it or it was a choral group or something, but there were only three boys that were, were selected to um, to play a drum during the song. And I'm sure it was like rat-a-tat, and that's, you know, just basically hit, like I'm sure that you didn't have to have any rhythm or have right. to have any talent. Uh, and I was one of the ones selected for that. So that was my big musical debut. When nice. I think I was six, I was in, uh, I think it was in, in six years old in first grade or something like that. It was probably, if it was December, it was a Christmas concert, it was probably about four weeks after my dad died. So my dad died in November. So it was probably like, you know, oh, let's give, you know, Jim a, you know, a little a little happiness here and throw him and then let him play uh, the drums kind of thing. So, you know, again, at six years old, you know, you don't know what's going on and stuff. So, so that, I, I think it always resonates with me for that. I always kind of remember that song too because of it. Do you remember doing that? I do. Yeah. So it didn't, yeah. it didn't spark a lifelong passion for the drum then? Uh, no, because <laughs> in fourth grade, I made my mother buy me a trumpet. <laughs> mm, gotcha. And uh, I was always doing the melody, not just the uh, the rhythm. Although go. I always felt like I had good rhythm. Maybe that's where it came from. But Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, so I always had more of a connection with that song. So when you were asking me, like, find one, like, oh, I, I know a song because I love this song and everything else. This is on my top five. And I was going to go with another one, but then like, oh, wait a minute, I know one. And then all of a sudden it fell into place. And then, you know, not only not only Little Drama Boy, but the uh, the version with Bing and, and, uh, and Bowie and stuff, like, this is perfect. So now, especially complimentary of the one that you want to you'll want to talk about. Right. So. so because so, Bing Crosby had these Christmas specials, is that why he, he literally is like the king of Christmas music? Like he sings all of the Christmas songs. I don't know if it's chicken or, you know. He's, he's done first. a version of the song that I'm doing tonight. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, post-World War II, every contemporary artist. Now, Bing Crosby was the Lady Gaga of the time. Like he right. was the, you know, whoever the big star was. I mean, these were the, the guys who were the stars. It was Sinatra and it was Bing Crosby and it was Dean Martin and it was, you know, all these guys. And uh, Perry Como, Andy Williams. These were the contemporary stars that people turn on the radio to listen to or to go out to dance to. So every one of them did every version of every song. Right. So they all started pumping out all these Christmas albums. So I don't know which came first. I think probably the music came first and then they built him around, you know, the whole white Christmas kind of theme of, of the movie and all. Yeah, um, which is like three hours long and has nothing to do with Christmas until the last five minutes. Yeah, you pointed that out every time we watch it. So it drives me nuts. You watch it. Dear listeners, <laughs> my parents yeah. made me watch White Christmas at least once every year for my entire yeah, well, life. And including this past weekend. It was on this past weekend, yeah. And <laughs> yes, okay, it's it's an okay movie. There's some good music in it, but it's so long and yep. it has nothing to do with Christmas until literally right. the last five minutes. Right. So, or, the, or the first two minutes because he sings White okay. Christmas at the beginning. Oh, all right, too, so. yeah. So literally, yeah, like, you know, it it's, together, like, right. it's like a year. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels right. like that long. Yeah, you're leaving the war and then, you know, opening the inn afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, jeez. Um, but see, songs like that, and you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a schmaltzy romantic guy. It's like if they touch me those those ways or movies, and that's why you watch Rudy, and that's why you watch Miracle, and all those kind of stuff. Right. All that kind of stuff is not just about the music, or not just about the imagery, but also what it stirs up, and that's what White Christmas does. Right. Does uh, and again, my age, going back and and listening to some of the old variety specials, and and getting a chance to kind of do that, which some, every so often PBS does, or Andy Williams has a DVD out or whatever. That that kind of stuff too. 
you know, kind of brings it back. I think Christmas is also just part of like you want to go back and and recapture those moments of when you were a kid and you remember what it was like to kind of feel Christmas for the first time. And that's a little bit about what's going on with with White Christmas with us. Right. You know? No, and I'll probably end up doing the same thing. I don't know if it's White. You already did. You already started doing it. You said you were having your daughter um, watch Miracle last week. We did. We ago. did watch Miracle. Oh, so Rudy's next. So good. Then it's Titans. And uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not crazy about this the inspirational sports movies, but me and oh, Sam yeah. both really love Miracle. So you know, we, yeah, we see, saw that it was on uh, Disney Plus, so we wanted to that's watch where it. it's that's I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> no, we watch uh, we watch Krampus every Christmas. That's one of our traditions. There you go. See, <laughs> yeah, and whatever floats your boat, you know, so. no judging, no judging. So. So, anything else about this song that you want to do? Like, what's no, your favorite just, thing about that? I think it's one of those. You know, it's one. You know, there's a lot of songs, and, and I know we're going to talk about these in the future too, that have more of a you know contemporary feel, more of a rocker, or, um, or something different. That when you hear it, like you crank it up, and you know, I'm always making reference to you know putting the windows down and driving around, listen to it loud. This is the opposite. I don't think it's schmaltzy, and I don't think it's you know as a carol, it's not something that, that I'm going to go and sing in, in church and stuff. But it still has that kind of religious overtones and kind of crosses over all those genres for me so i like it cool good stuff did you like that one? were you surprised by that one no did i pick i wasn't that one? surprised okay um i like that one i, I yeah. do like that song it's on my list do you feel like you hit you hear that in those songs that you hear on the radio yeah on radio? i do hear it i don't think i hear it as much as rocking around the christmas tree and no. uh all i want for christmas is mariah carey <laughs> to not be on the radio anymore <laughs> but no i i do hear i do hear this song on the radio a decent amount yeah What's up, people? So here at YNL, we talk a lot about listening and hearing, but I want to take a second and talk about seeing because it's something else that a lot of us do, most of us actually, and it's kind of important for a lot of people. So this show is sponsored by WarbyParker.com. Warby Parker provides vintage-inspired prescription eyeglasses starting at just $95. And for you, the non-listeners of this podcast, Warby Parker is offering you guys a free five-day home trial run for up to five frames of glasses for completely free. So you get five frames that you get to have in your home, try them out for five days, wear them around, see how they feel, see what you think. And then if you want to buy some, you can buy some. Make sure you check out the link in our show notes to the Warby Parker trial website so you can start trying them out now. Thanks so much. Back to the show. My song, I hear on the radio rarely, but I have heard it before. I was really, actually really excited to do this song because I every time this song comes on, on shuffle on my Christmas playlists, I just have a lot of fun. It's just a really fun song. So the thing about Christmas carols is a lot of them, you know, they tell happy and uplifting and the messages are usually of rejoicing and celebrating and all that, but yep. they do sound sad. A lot of them and slow, oh, just yeah. just yep. by their nature, yep. the nature of the way that they're written, and they're you know they're meant to be sung in church, so they're slower and they're mm-hmm. they're good for large groups to sing, but they don't sound necessarily happy and rejoiceful and excited. But they're supposed to be inspirational, exactly. So, but this right. song, like I said, it's not in the hymnal. This is a song by Harry Belafonte from like 1965. But I did Mary's Boy Child and Oh My Lord by Boney M. And Boney M in the 70s during the disco era was a vocal group that was brought together in like Germany. And it was like, they I think they classified it as Euro-Caribbean disco <laughs> reggae. So it was right. like, it was like <laughs> some guy who was like a resort performer in Aruba. And then the lead singer, she was from Jamaica. And I think there was someone else from Jamaica. And then a couple people from 
Europe. So it was an interesting group of people, but they did this killer version of Mary's Boy Child, and they had another song that they wrote that they tagged on the end called Oh My Lord, and it fits really right. well together. And it is this awesome, upbeat, reggae, dancey, yeah. reggae. It, it sounds like the 90s pop reggae stuff that was yep. out. Yep. So it sounds like a song from the 90s. but It's, it's from the 70s, 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, okay. I, I would have thought the 80s and 90s, okay, yeah. It hit yeah. like the top 10. Oh, yeah. It's like in Europe, it's like one of the most sold singles of the 70s or something like that. Wow. Like it's, it was huge it. over there. But it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's a really fun song. So, and this is like what I, in my mind, I would love to go to a church on Christmas Eve and have this song playing and have the whole congregation just dancing and rocking out. So go ahead and listen to it. It's on the Spotify playlist or click the link in the show notes and listen to it. And then we'll come back. <laughs> Okay, so the music video is like a six-minute version, but the version yes. that you normally hear and that I have on my Christmas playlist okay. and stuff is not that yep. long. There's extra verses in yes. this version. So uh, yep. I'm going to need to find the right version to put in the show notes. That's a little okay. bit shorter because let me see how long. It's a single version. It's like five minutes. So it takes like almost a minute off. But how, going on how fun is that? What a funny, it is fun. What a funny time. <laughs> It is in like in our history. If you watch the video, the video is absolutely horrible too. Oh yeah, with they're they're in these yeah. big poofy white coats and they're like oh. in Germany somewhere. It's yeah. uh, yeah. it's very. I mean, it's. I used to dress like that though, so you know, I had that coat. You know, like I said, what a funny time to <laughs> just in, in, in human history, Euro Caribbean disco reggae. Wow. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, how fun is that song? And it's one of those that if people know it, they'll hear it and say, oh, I love this song. This is the greatest. And, you know, if you if you play it or whatever, but you don't hear it that often. Like it's one of those all. songs where, like, it would be so much fun to be in a room with with a bunch of people that know it and just, like, yep. clapping your hands and bouncing yep. around and singing it all together. It would be so much fun. And Which is the exact intent, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And, you know, I was reading some articles about this band. This group is super interesting how they came from all over. Some guy who's a songwriter, but I guess not a singer, brought them all together and they were supposed to be just lip syncing on tv to some like disco thing yeah. and then it turned out that oh by the way they can actually sing and they became legitimate recording artists but then they said that it would <laughs> never would have worked if it weren't for that one lead singer i don't remember her name but the woman from jamaica they said everyone else is replaceable except her so because she's got she's got the greatest voice she's got she's well she's got a great voice and she's got that really amazing caribbean accent which is just beautiful and a lot of times when people have accents that are not like what we're used to hearing here in america a lot of times when they sing that accent is it disappears you know they sing right. Right, the right. words more clearly so it sounds like they're just singing an American accent but she sings with yeah. that Jamaican I, accent I was just looking up to see who it is but there's, so, there's a bunch of women in it so I'm not so sure which one she is but Liz Mitchell Liz Mitchell it is her okay yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. it yeah. Liz Mitchell and like I was saying she has that amazing island accent which um, is a really cool contrast to the, the theming of this song because you know a lot of times those island nations they don't practice Christianity so like hearing a song about the birth of Jesus being sung in with this island accent and this island sound with the steel drums in the background and I don't, what are those tight drums that, that is in reggae music all the time that's like that they, they sound like like they're stretched as tight as possible. Yeah, I don't know. The, I, don't I know. mean, it's such a staple in reggae music. Um, yep. I don't know yep. what they're called, but well, and then this is also the disco side of things too. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just that it was reggae; it was also played in discos over and over and over again all over in Europe. Right, but it doesn't sound like a so. disco song to me. 
No, but it's so danceable. It, it was it's, probably pre-disco. It's very danceable. Disco. I mean, it's another song yeah. that's hard not to dance when you hear it. And like I said, with all of these songs that are meant to be inspirational and uplifting and rejoicing, this is this actually does that. Like this has yeah. that feel. Like you and feel like you're rejoicing when you're playing this song. That's a good point because I especially like in the middle of it when it's like hark the or the angels sing a new, you yeah. know. So it does ha- kind of go back to that hark as well. Now hear the angels, the, the angel, yeah. And then when it goes into the end, you know, oh my lord. So that's super you, cool. I love that that part. So it, it's, it turns gospel. What's really cool about that, and I, it's hard to understand the lyrics, so I had to look them up. It's two songs, so like I said, the Mary's boy child part in the beginning, you know, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ was born on Christmas Day. That part, that's a, a Harry Which Belafonte Which is a traditional song. carol. Yeah. Well, it was written in the 60s. Right. I mean, it's Harry Belafonte. Right. So let's be serious. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> But then... Oh My Lord, which is like the second half of that song, was written by this guy that brought them all together, I believe. So he like put his song into it. So it's what's cool about it is the way that they switch into it is they hum the entire verse and chorus of Mary's Boy Child all together. Yep. And then everything yep. drops and it's just like a bass drum. And they're doing that first yeah. verse yep. that... Uh, for a moment the world was aglow, all the bells rang out, there were tears of joy and laughter. And like that's a that's a cool melody, the way that that, that flows up and And you down. know what that is? That is, you know, on the two and the four. It's a bass line. Clap your hands. Yep. It, it, everything. What that is, is that's a bass line. And what's yep. cool, the what's really cool about it is that melody... So in the very beginning of that song, before they start singing, you know, they do the the acapella chorus in the beginning, and then when the music kicks in, the bass line is playing that melody for one for one time, like one go around. The bass plays the melody of that second song, and then when they start going into "Long Time Ago in Bethlehem," it's a different. It's the regular bass line for that song. So. So they, they tie it in the very beginning, and then they, they bring it out in the um, melody of the second part, which yeah, is it's really cool. And then when you're at that Oh My Lord part, and it's just that heavy bass drum with mm-hmm. with a lot less background music, like there's no more steel drums, you know, there's not as many, there's <laughs> right. not as many uh, right. synthesizers. It's everybody singing together it's, in the choir at church. It's, every, it, it's exactly what yep. it is, and especially at the end when she starts doing the So praise the Lord, he is the truth forever, and like that stuff is right. like... I think some of that was um, not written in the song. I think that she whipped that out in the studio, and they were like, "Oh hell yeah, girl! Like we gotta keep, we gotta keep that because I think that she, yep. I, I read that a lot of that was improvised." So I just I love that you get that vision of the big church choir all yes. all rocking yeah. out together, clapping their hands, and and yeah, the second and, part of that, we're all going to church, right? right? Right, and it's just something about the feeling that that gives you of like even if you're alone listening to it you get this feeling of like togetherness and just like straight jubilation and happiness and it's just it, they do such a good job of capturing that in the recording yep. of this which is really cool and if you watch a live version of it it's not as powerful oh really okay. i didn't think so i, I found a live yeah. video of it and i was it just kind of felt like a disco era video you know yeah yeah but um so cass healy pretty much yeah, but end, like everybody together more. Yeah, about, exactly. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's that same feeling, but this feels more like church. Yes, yeah. feel well, obviously, especially with the religious overtones as well, too. With it, too. right? And and yeah, so yeah. I just I think that you know everybody tries to do these songs in different ways, and 
and they try to get the right feeling for each song that they're singing. And I think that these guys just nailed it. And it's so enjoyable to listen to. And it's a really nice break from Silent Night and the first Noel, you know? Right, right. Well, and, you know, and Last Christmas and everything else that that's coming along with that too. So the stuff that you hear on a regular basis. I was going to ask you if you think that they had also done anything else since then. I mean, was it a one-hit wonder kind of thing, or did they have anything else? I think was... they were only around for like three years, I think it said, when they came out with this song, and this was their last hit single. Uh, I think they had a couple songs beforehand, but I don't know. But more in Europe and Yeah, the US and I had thing. never yeah. heard of them. Besides this song, no. I mean, this is, no. I, I think it was a, a group that was brought together, like, you know, so you see some pop groups in the U.S. that are brought together yep. by other producers yep. or something. They just find people and put them together, and it's the same idea. Uh, I don't think it's right. like, exactly. yeah, I don't think it's a group that was ever expected to have any kind and, of longevity. And then the irony of it is there's religious overtones, it's reggae, it's disco, it's dance, and someone had the vision to make all that work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it did. Yeah, and it's yeah. awesome. And I you know, I think it should be on every Christmas playlist out there because yeah. it is happy and it is fun and it it's enjoyable to listen to mm-hmm. and it breaks you out of that kind of melancholy feeling that you get sometimes listening to some of these songs, which are all like beautiful. Like I said, I think Silent Night and First Noel are just gorgeous songs as they're written, but they're not happy and they're not exciting and they're not right. celebratory right. to me. No, I like that too for the same reason. Yeah. So. And so and like you said, it's it's hard to not dance, hard not to tap your Right. It's so much fun. So. I know Katie really likes this song. I think we'd have a lot of fun if we all got together and we were just like rocking out and dancing to the song, like in a, in all the right. car. So a couple weeks, we'll do that. Yeah. So that's okay. mine. So what else? Anything else anything else that's special about that the song that you love the most? What do you like the best? <sighs> just the way it makes you feel. Well, I really like the bass line, but that's because it's a reggae song and I love reggae bass lines. Yeah. Uh they're super yeah. dynamic and they're they're relentless and they don't stop. And you play bass. And they're always really fun. Yeah. They're fun to play. Yeah. And I really like how they took I really like that melody of the second song of the Oh My Lord. Yep. I really just I love I love that it, it melody. Does, it doesn't feel separate. It feels like it's tied in really well to the way they did it. Right. It's not it feels like a corner, like they turn a corner. And it's just yeah. like, like, by the way, we're doing this now. Like, get on board. We're, we're like, here we go. Yeah, um, we're going to church. The way that they do it, like, because there's no build up to it. Like, they do the humming of the verse from the first part, and it just kind of goes along with it. And then all of a sudden, it's like in your face, like, this is what we're doing, you know? Right. Which is kind of cool. Right. So, yeah. Come along for the ride. Yeah. And it's just, and it's just like one of those moments where you're like, all right, here we go. Let's stand up, get my tambourine in church and my big hat. And let's just like, you know, like, and it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I'll bring the tambourine when we go to church yeah. <laughs> on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, yeah, something tells me that won't necessarily no, fly in no. Bridge, New Hampshire. But... No, I'm not so sure. So. <laughs> All right. So, All right, cool, so that, cool. that's mine. Uh, I think everybody should have this song on their playlist so they can have some fun, uh, listen to some other songs besides Mariah Carey. So right. I think what I want to do quick is do, we, we're running out of time. We've been doing this for a while. But, you know, we, we always say it's it's so hard to pick one song. And especially when we do something like this, where it's such a specific topic and a specific genre that I don't want to limit us to just one song. And there's so many good songs out there that people should be listening to around this time of year that are different, that can really mix things up for your holiday season. So I want to do a top five versions of Christmas carols for each of us. So why don't we start with number, what's your number five? My number five would have to be, oh, come all you faithful, Andy Williams. Again, traditional, go back, you know, to, to the uh, some of the old crooners and stuff. I just like his version. My number five is also O Come, All Ye Faithful. But well it is because somebody 
finally got across to Twisted Sister that We're Not Gonna Take It is exactly the same song as O Come All Ye Faithful. And they embraced it and they recorded it. They recorded O Come All Ye Faithful yep. as We're Not Gonna Take It. And it's just beautiful. Yep. And they redid the music video, you know, yep. 30 years later. And it's just, it's an amazing thing. So, <laughs> and I have, and I have that. Yeah. I have the CD. So of that. it's so good. It's so fun. Yep. It's so funny. So that was a nice surprise that we picked the same yeah. song. All right, yeah. what's your number four? My number four is probably Joy to the World, and it's by Jim Neighbors, who was Goma Pyle. Just a crazy good voice that no one ever expects, and he's got such, such, such nice tone. It's just, it's perfect. It may be one of the perfect songs. Okay. My number four is Little Drummer Boy by Bob Seger. Yeah, we're on the same page yep, there. Which too. we already talked about, so. Yes. Number three. My number three is probably Do You Hear What I Hear by Bing Crosby. Mm, he does do a good version of that. Just, yeah, I just, that I that's one of the ones that I've always kind of liked. Um, that's a really beautiful song. He, the, the, the message of it and everything else, and a lot of people have done and stuff, but I like, I like his version. Celine Dion does a killer version of that song. Yes. And that is played yep. on the radio a lot, but it, it is, is really nice. Yep. Um, all right, my number three is Bare Naked Ladies, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. Oh, that was going to be one of mine too, mm-hmm. but I decided not to with that. I'm, I'm going more traditional with mine stuff. So, mm-hmm. number two. All right, my number two, um, and one of my all-time favorite artists, who I think could sing, a, a, you know, a cereal box, and it would sound perfect, beautiful. Uh, Nat King Cole, right? Oh, holy night, right? Oh, holy night, gorgeous song. And you know, normally a lot of times people equate with him him with uh, the Christmas song, which is. You know, he was the the original version of that when it first came out, and and it, it's just it is literally you know make your hair on your arm stand up and stuff. But I love his version of Oh Holy Night, again as a carol. Yeah. All right, number two for me is again Oh Come All Ye Faithful and Oh Holy Night. Uh, it's a combo of those two by Trans Siberian Orchestra. Uh, see, I liked Trans Siberian Orchestra when they came out. Overplayed and it just wore me out. I don't. I can't listen. See, to it but anymore. this isn't. You don't hear this on the radio. This one. No, you hear what's that? What's that song you hear? Carol all the time? bells. Carol the bells. Yeah, uh, which is like, like a creepy the, song. Yeah, and no, thank you. And I don't need to see another house lit up to that. Thank you very right. much. Right. Yeah. Everybody. Stop. Everybody lights up their house to Carol the bells yep. and uh, Wizard, Wizards of great. Winter, which is a really Wizard, cool yeah, song too. Yeah. But this is a really cool version that they do of Oh Come All You Faithful. It's a little slower. Uh, but it still obviously has those big epic guitar moments, which is just too much fun. Yep. All right. Um, what's your number one? Again, carols and being traditional. I think it's more equated as as a Christmas song, even though it's not. It's, it's more of a, a traditional religious song, and it it's kind of gotten swept into the Christmas thing is Ave Maria by anyone. Right. Okay. Anyone, <laughs> including Kenny G maybe even, but anyone. Anyone, because I just think it's one of the prettiest and, and, and most emotional songs that you've ever heard. Um, my girlfriend in high school, her dad used to sing in the chorus uh, at, at church, and the big thing on Christmas Eve, he would sing the, the uh, solo in that. And literally, people would be like in tears, right. crying, because it was just such a beautiful song. So anybody doing that version of it. Nice. Well, mine's different from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my favorite, and this is just my favorite. I'm not going to say that it's the best, because it's not. My favorite version of a christmas carol is angels we have heard on high by reliant k who is a pop punk band from like the early 2000s you, you've always liked that one that's right well we played that yeah. version of that I song that. in the in a talent show in high school at christmas time and it's so much fun to play is that russo's what was the name of the band jeff squatch jeff, <laughs> jeff squatch i still have the stickers yeah. that's right so okay. we played that song um 
and it was so much fun to play. It's really easy to play, but it's like a, it was just a, it's a fun pop punk version of a really classic carol, which also is, uh, which also is a super beautiful melody. That is, uh, yeah, that's that's that actually one, one of my favorite carols, but like you said, by yeah. anyone. But I just really like their version because it, I have a very special memory of playing that song and Jeff's class. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's just it's fun. See, and I think a lot of these carols when we go to you know, especially Christmas Eve service because this is where you sing all of these songs mm-hmm. and then at the end you know when you hear Silent Night and Oh Holy Night and they shut all the lights off and the whole place is lit up by by candles that everybody's holding like that's the, the kind of memories that these things evoke right. too so exactly so we have a playlist with all of these songs and more and all of the songs and more that we'll talk about next week that is available to our patrons so if you want to become a patron and get access to that playlist and our Halloween playlist and any other ones that we have. Click the link in our show notes for our Patreon page. You can choose to donate as little as $2 a month and you get access to all that free content and some blog posts and stuff like that. And you can chat with us directly through there as well. So check it out if you want to. And if you don't want to, then I'm fine with it. I hope you enjoyed (laughs) learning a little bit about Christmas carols. I hope you learned something and I hope you've discovered some new songs or some new versions of songs that you're now going to add to your list to mix things up and people will be thanking you because you won't be playing the same 10 songs over and over again. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and happy holidays. We'll talk to you next week. Take care. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.